0: Thank you so much for taking some time to draw closer to God and become more like Jesus. In this particular message, we're going to be looking at um, the Advent side of faith, or yeah, yeah, the Advent side of faith. That's probably the best way to say it. We will eventually be in um, Zechariah chapter 9. What? Is that even in my Bible? It is, and we're going there. Uh, But before we do that, let's pray. God, we pray as we come to um, the base of your throne, as we come to your feet and just listen and sit and learn. Um, that you will help us to best understand um, what you meant by this text and also um, what it means for us. How can we be more like Jesus? How can we fulfill faith? How can we help other people to be faithful um, to you? And we thank you so much, Lord, for this Advent season where we celebrate and respond to um, all that Christ is and all that Christ has done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, in this, well, find Zechariah chapter 9 as, as we're, we're kind of launching and, and easing into this. But in Zechariah chapter uh, 9, what you'll see is this Advent section where we, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus. And uh, then we act on it, too. That's the good thing about it. Is Jesus has already come. He's already been born. Hence, the Christmas celebration. Uh, so that's what all this admin is about. I was like, well, how can we, we realize what the prophets had talked about and then celebrate that? So um, when I think about this, when you're flipping through the TV channels or scrolling or swiping um, through your feed, what usually grabs your attention? Um, what's the thing that if you're watching, you're going to sit on it, you know, that movie from your childhood or teenage years, um, that thread or feed or post or tweet um, from someone you really kind of lock into, but the... There are things that just grab our attention when we stop, and and that even has more importance to you in this day and age because there's just so much screaming at you. Um, I can remember when our um, feeds were just simply uh, a matter of what you had, but now there's so many advertisements that your feed is shrinking as the ads fill in more and more. So what grabs your attention? Because we're all enraptured by something. Um, first and foremost, there's this thing that, that grabs our attention, um, demands our time, and then we actually say yes to We say yes to it. We actually pursue that thing and make sure we check in. Maybe it's a news feed, sports team, um, celebrity, entertainment, whatever that might be, you pursue after that. So. Just think about what that thing is that grabs your attention, or you can't wait to the latest season of whatever comes out on your streaming service uh, to watch. Um, I know that this feed is one of those things for you. You can't wait for the next video to come out, and then that's why you're watching. So um, if you're enraptured by this, you're going to hear more about how we kind of place that in our lives. So. Let's look at the one thing as we're talking about Advent and faith. This is straight from Scripture. This is Hebrews 11.1. 1. If you want to know what the Bible means and what it says about itself, just ask it. So when you're talking about faith and in faith in the Advent season, here's what we're talking about. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I love those two words, assurance and conviction, which means you are like, look, I am confident. I am confident of what I am hoping, that Jesus has saved my soul, that when I die, I'm going to heaven, that he'll provide and protect for me now. But I also have a conviction, and what I love about conviction is that's public that's public. You can go on and, and search mugshots all day long online and find people who have been convicted of things. You can publicly find out. In fact, when you apply for a job, they always ask you about felonies and misdemeanors and, or if there's anything that you've maybe done that you need to disclose. So what I love about faith is it is a confident public expression of your belief and hope in Jesus Christ, in God and the Holy Spirit. So faith is incredibly important to the Advent season, especially in books like Zechariah, where Jesus has not yet come in the form of a baby. He is obviously all over the Old Testament. But as far as coming for the first time in, in flesh and blood form to be the Savior of all mankind, that hasn't happened yet. But he has faith, Zechariah does, it's going to happen. Now, let's contextualize faith here for us um, in this specific moment. Now, context, there is a lot to celebrate when you've been set free and captured by the Messiah of Jesus Christ. Um, this, what I call this is like a loving homecoming reunion. You know where you go and you haven't seen the family. Or you go and see high school classmates that you went with. But when you come back and there's, there's hugging and tons of food. And you're there. And you're so enraptured and so captured. That you don't want to go and you start reminiscing and sharing stories. And hopes and dreams for the future where you are now. And the reunion time just goes on and on and on. And it can be very joyous. And when you're talking about faith and the coming of Jesus Christ, the arrival of Jesus Christ and acting on it, there is a lot to celebrate within this Advent season because of the coming of Jesus Christ and because he has arrived. So that's kind of the context looking at this of celebrating being captured enraptured raptured um, by the Messiah, which there will be no greater homecoming, no greater reunion than that with Jesus in heaven. So. Uh, Let's look at Zechariah um, chapter 9, verse 9. We're just going to dive into a few verses here. Um, This is about the coming king of Zion, the coming king of Jerusalem, the arrival of Jesus Christ. Also remember that not only has Jesus already come, but he's going to come a second time in a different way as a warrior, a triumphant king of kings and Lord of lords, which he was the first time, but he came as a baby and he was born and he lived and you can read the gospels and the prophecies in the old Testament and see how all that is. But this is in the section where Zechariah gets a word from the Lord on that. So, uh, verse nine, rejoice, Greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, two key words out of this when it comes to um, the Advent season and when it comes to faith. Faith is meant to be rejoiced greatly and shouted aloud. We are to celebrate publicly as kingdom children of God. That we are to come and and to say that it says right there, O daughter of Zion, O daughter of Jerusalem, saying this is God's place. In the Old Testament, remember, where did God live? He lived in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, obviously he was in heaven, but he had a presence there. But after the curtain is torn at Jesus' death, and resurrection then the Holy Spirit is now and God can dwell in us as the New Testament tells us that. But when you talked about Jerusalem and Zion in the Old Testament, you're talking about God's home on earth. You're talking about where you go to get with him. The priests go in annually for the forgiveness of sins. There's constant sacrificing and drink offerings and grain offerings. So when you read this passage of scriptures, they're like, man, in the house of God and the kingdom where God dwells, rejoice. And now in the fullness of scripture... We see that we can live and rejoice in this Advent season through the coming of Christ because he's bringing righteousness, biblical virtue, and he's bringing salvation. But why would he bring salvation? Because people need to be saved. You don't, uh, the lifeguard doesn't save a person who's drowning on the beach. They don't do that here. You don't do that. Why? Because they, they're not drowning on the beach. They're just sitting there. You, you save those who are drowning in the water. That's what you do. Because people don't drown sitting on the beach. They drown in the water. So when Jesus comes by his very very purpose and nature, he comes to save us from sin. Look at these verses when we talk about salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-14. This is the good news of salvation. This is why Jesus came at Christmas and why he died and was resurrected at Easter. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. For I, Paul, delivered to you as first importance... Remember, we talked earlier about what first and foremost grabs your attention. When you're sliping and clicking through the channels or going through your music threads, what, what, what grabs your attention? This is of first importance to Paul. It's unbelievable. And this is, this, this is why if you haven't been saved, you need salvation. And if you are already saved, then just you need to remember it. Never, never get over being saved. Never get over being saved. Never lose the sharp edge of joy. That comes from being saved. So I delivered to you his first importance. 1 Corinthians 15.3. That I also received That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. This is one of those scriptures in Zechariah 9. That he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day. According with scripture. So how do we know that Jesus is, this is the he that is coming to bring salvation? The Bible tells us so. Every Christian who's ever been saved would tell you so. I have been saved by grace through faith. So part of this Advent season of celebrating and shouting and, and doing that is incredible, right? So uh, take the Christmas carolers and turn that up a notch. I remember doing that when I was a teenager. Um, our church would do it. Um, our glee club would do it. Uh, Our show choir would do it, we would go out on Christmas, we'd dress up in like the whole Charles Dickens Christmas thing, and we'd go out there and we'd Christmas carol all through our neighborhoods. Well, let's just take that and turn that all the way up to 11. And just shout aloud and praise and rejoice that God's there. We're singing in the aisleways. We're praising in our cars. We're wishing Merry Christmases to our, our neighbors. Um, all of that working and building in there. So, so why is God, what is God calling us to do based on Zechariah 9.9? 9, 9, to celebrate publicly the King of Kings and our Savior Jesus Christ. In Zechariah 9 we see that that Savior's coming. We know now through the New Testament that he's here. Through the testimony of church history that he's here. And now he's calling us to celebrate baptisms, the meaning of Christmas, actually being saved. You who's watching and listening, who is not yet a Christian, inviting others into our journey with Jesus. Inviting others to our journey. Those are just some of the ways we can publicly celebrate Jesus is there. If you're lost, you're going to look to find someone who knows the way to get where you're going. So if Christians don't identify themselves in this world, then people aren't going to be able to find them in order to find their way to Jesus. They're going to continue to wander. The devil's going to continue to distract them. So make sure that you're, as verse 9 says, rejoicing greatly um, and celebrating and shouting aloud. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. Just another reason why the coming of Jesus, why the arrival of Jesus is so incredibly important, incredibly important. Verse 11, as for you also, so, you know, Zechariah speaking on God's behalf to the Jewish people, because of the blood of my covenant with you, God's talking, he's had a blood covenant with the Jewish people. I will set you prisoners, your prisoners free from the waterless pit. So because of the shedding of blood that happens on the cross, we're able to be set free from the prisons that we cannot escape ourselves. So when you're talking about waterless pits, um, most of us, well, at least in America, a lot of our prisons are very face forward. Like you go to the jail cell, they open up the door, they slide the door, you walk in, they slide that. Well, common practice, especially in the Old Testament, was they would have these big pits. And what they do is they would lower you down into this pit, then they'd put a gate on top, much more difficult for you to escape from because you not only had you climb out and had the Spider-Man across the ceiling, but somebody had to pop that roof off and get out. And there was also someone doing that. So you can read stories of that, Joseph, Daniel in the Bible being put in these pits um, that are waterless. That's how we know that Jesus has come to save us from things we can't save ourselves for us. Things like sin, hurts, habits, hangups, addictions, um, overabundance, opulence in our life, riches. God's come to save us from all of those things that seek to pull us away from who God is. So how in this, this covenant, thing, and what I love about covenant, just real briefly, let me just, covenant in the Bible means that it is an eternal, ever-binding relationship that God has between people. A contract says basically if you violate these things, our relationship's over. But when you um, have this covenant with God, he's like, I am holding it because it's based on me, which as God, I am perfect. So therefore, it will be good. So he forms this covenant, which is eternal. That's why um, we know in these passages that it's there. So how can a person be set free from any prison that is um, caused by sin? A person can be set free by the saving grace of the Savior. They can be saved by grace through faith. So let's say you find yourself in some sin that you didn't really realize was going on um, in your life, or maybe you didn't know it was a sin for whatever reason. How do you become set free from that? It's by the power of God that you will ultimately be set free. Yes, there are good things that you can do and you need to do those, not put yourself in situations to fail. Don't set yourself up to stumble, but by and large, And really, ultimately, the only way that even I've ever been set free from sin in my life in any of those categories, whether it's iniquity of sin or transgressions of sin, certainly original sin, is because Jesus Christ and God's grace and the Holy Spirit has set me free. It's by faith that all of that has happened, not by works. So I can't boast of my own freedom. I didn't crawl myself out of the pit Climb across the ceiling of sin and pop open the roof and jump out and go, I'm free. No, God died on the cross, was resurrected from the tomb, from the grave. And because of that, that's what I call and claim on to be set free. So when you talk about Advent season and you talk about, remember the context, Jewish people being oppressed. The world is becoming less and less friendly to God, the father of Jesus They're wondering where their salvation is going to come from. It's in Jesus. People today are wondering where their salvation is going to come from. Vaccines, governmental laws, the right people in political parties, working, kids being able to go back to school, the right shows, movies, texts. Some of those things can be helpful, but ultimately it comes back to this. How will we be set free from the prisoners? Look at verse 12. It's going to show us right here. This is what you do. I love this. Like, I love this phrase. Let's just read it first, but then you can love it with me. Uh, 12, return to your stronghold. So wait a minute, I've just been set free. And now I'm returning to strongholds. Oh, prisoners of hope. Today, I declare that I will restore to you double. there, Like, there's so much in here in this Advent season. This is a Christmassy verse. Can I, can I say that to you? Christmassy. This is a Christmassy verse right? We're talking about the coming of the Messiah. We're talking about he's going to bring righteousness and salvation, that he brings those of those who are in the waterless pits that can't get out. Then when you get out, it's like, return your strongholds. Let's talk about that for a second. Return your strongholds, prisoners of hope. Uh, man, I love that moniker, man. I, I, I love it. Prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Are you a prisoner of hope? Just so enraptured and so captured first and foremost by the gospel message? Have you finally laid down your life and said, God, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Be the king of kings. Direct my path. I only want to do what you tell me to do through the Bible, prayer, and wisdom guidance. Is that you? Have you done that? If not, you need to do it. Um, Just immediately pull the car over. Pause the tape. We'll be here. We'll wait for you. And just be saved and ask God to forgive you for all of your sins. And be the Lord and Savior of your life. To lead your life. But what we see in here in this verse is it says to return to your strongholds, and that's what I love. Remember remember what I talked about in the beginning that everybody scrolls and flips through channels and their streaming services and swipes and feeds, and, and we all land somewhere. There's something that captures and enraptures us. It's, maybe it's the cat videos. You love cat videos. Um, maybe it's those guys that do these awesome trick shots. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But what it is, it enraptures us. God says, once you're set free, immediately here's where you go. You return to the stronghold as a prisoner of hope. Because who set you free? Jesus. So when you set that person free, when God sets that person free, they should run to him as a prisoner of hope because they are faith filled. It's the protection that Jesus provides. Look, The protection and provision of Jesus Christ is unparalleled in all of creation. You can't take enough creatine and protein powder to bulk up and be able to defeat anything that would come against you. Eventually, you're going to get older. Eventually, your muscles and body aren't going to work the same way. You're going to need other mechanisms to protect you, other things to watch out for you. And when you run free and away from that which sets you free, you are that much more likely to be imprisoned yet again. The Bible says to be entangled by sin, which so easily captures us. So when you look at this, it says, remember your hope and faith. Remember your faith is in Christ because of Christ and demonstrated through Christ likeness. Once you're free, don't run around like a wild child. Run to this stronghold of God. Run to him. That's the beauty of the coming of the Advent season. If you're a Christian, you're remembering your salvation. If you're not, it is time to be saved. It is time to do that now. Let me talk just briefly here about this whole, I will restore to you double. Because some people want to preface that and go, oh man, look, um, that's why I want to be free. And I've known people who've gotten saved just because they want the good stuff from God, right? I want God's best. That's all I care about. I just want to name and claim all the good things that I want. I want to take people's ministries from them, their cars from them, their houses from them. I want personal gain. I want to be famous. I want to do all this. That's why I want to be saved. That's not salvation at all. When you run for what you can get from people as opposed to what you can give, that's not love. That's not love. But what we see here in this passage of scripture, it does say, I declare, God's declaring this to his people through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that he'll restore to you double. What this is referencing and and telling us is it's showing the generosity of God towards his faithful. It's his generosity that's out there. You'll never be able to keep for yourself more than God will ever give you. I'm going to say that again. If this had closed captioning, I'd put that in closed captioning. Probably should have put it on uh, something for you to see. But anyways, you will never be able to keep for yourself more than God could ever give you. And that's where the devil fights you. Oh man, should I I really tie the 10%? Should I really give over that? Should I really serve and clean toilets at the church? Um, Should I really take up serving and leading a Bible study among friends that don't love Jesus? It's going to be hard and they're going to fight against me. Should I really do those hard things? And, and in that moment, God's like, no, just keep it for yourself. Keep your pride for yourself. Keep your self-esteem for yourself. But you will, you will never be able to keep for yourself more than God can ever give you. So just go ahead and let it go. It's his anyways. He's only giving you to steward at best. Ask Adam and Eve when you get to heaven. We're all just stewards at best. It's not us. It's about him. I'd also say this when you're talking about God restoring double. It's an encouragement too, by the way. That there isn't anywhere else you can run, the blessings of God will always far outweigh the benefits of man. If you're a tweeter, if you're a grammar, if you're a person who puts things out online, th- this is true. The blessings of God will always far outweigh the be- benefits of man emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. The blessings of God will always, always be that. So why do you think Zechariah is sharing God's words the way he's doing it in a time that's hard for God's people? Because he wants them to know there's a stronghold, a refuge, a place of safety, a place to properly enjoy the abundance that God has given them. A place to to be able to help and serve and be served when that time comes. And he's telling them it's all about Jesus. So so let's, let's just bring this full circle. First and foremost, full circle. Here we go. How do we celebrate the arrival of Jesus in the anticipation of a second coming as described? You can read this on your own. It's in Revelation 19, 11 through 16. It's in all of the gospels, the coming of Jesus Christ. How do we celebrate that arrival, this Advent season? And how, what role does faith play in that? It's by being faith-filled and faithful to God. Remember we talked about rejoicing greatly and shouting aloud a person who rejoices is happy and joyful in their heart because of what, how God has saved them, who he is, his perfect and holiness. They praise him and give him credit for all the things that he's done. Take none for themselves. And then it also says a faithful person acts out. They shout aloud. They make it public. This season is the season that I celebrate the birth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's when I celebrate you non-Christian, you atheist, you agnostic, you um, Muslim, you Jewish person, the Savior of your soul, Jesus Christ. He has come for you. And he has come to bring God's best. But he's also come to deliver you out of the waterless pits. Which means life isn't always going to be that way. Life is literally going to be the pit sometimes. And he's going to save you out of that. You could not have escaped it for yourself. So let me hit you with the one thing this last time as we close. The one thing is this. Now faith. You've got to believe. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Jesus is real. He came as a man, as a baby. Was a man, fully God, fully human. And it's the convictions of things not seen. God is real. The Holy Spirit is real. You you just you believe and you know it. And, and it's not a a mindless faith. It's not a feelsless faith. It's not a, a socialist faith. It is a faith that says, "Hey, look, God's real." And you can see the evidence of him in your life. Ask any Christian to share with you the evidence that God's real. And they will start sharing their story with you. Well, God did this and God was there and he helped me this. And I was praying for that and I was reading the Bible and he showed me that. So my encouragement to you now as we we go to prayer is this, uh, be saved. If you're not a Christian, first and foremost, you you will never fully be able to experience and enjoy the Christmas season. Uh, Even more than that, what waits for you is terrible and awful if you're not a Christian. And it's forever. There's no escape. It is a pit of fire that you will never get out of. And not only that, in this life, with your, with your spouse and your kids or, and the gloriousness of your singleness and, and all of that, God is, is desiring to bring to you um, his very best in the valleys and on the mountaintops. But you are denying all of that. The one true God, the one true Savior, the one true Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray for you now. All Christians, pray for those now who are in your life. at all, you co-workers, family members, neighbors, people you have fun with. Just let's, We're going to pray for those. God, for all of those who are not saved, we pray for their salvation. That they might realize that the reason Jesus was sent, the reason that Jesus came, the reason that Jesus arrived this Christmas season, this Advent season on the earth, was for the salvation of mankind. For unto us a child is born, for to unto us a child is given. The reason that that takes place is so that we might be saved. That we might not live in this world unprotected and unprovided for. But we can run to the stronghold. And become prisoners of hope as opposed to prisoners of sin. I would take that every single time. A prisoner of hope as opposed to a prisoner of sin. So as those who are watching, may they call on the name of the Lord and say, God, forgive me for my sins. I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Come and dwell in my heart as the Bible says. And lead me in the way everlasting. Guide me through your scriptures and other Christians so that I might follow the path you have before me. We pray for their souls, Lord. Pray for their souls. And for those of us who are Christians, Lord, we pray that this season we will rejoice even more greatly. Wherever we find ourselves on the planet, that we'll know that this season people need more, more, more faith in Jesus Christ, because that's where our hope lies. That's where our faith lies. And it's demonstrated through Christ's likeness. So as Christians, may we rejoice greatly and may we shout aloud the celebration that Jesus is here, that he saves and he delivers. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.